I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Settle back now, content, comfortable, well-fed, and ready for some fine entertainment. Is everybody happy? Then let's go. It's showtime. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. The worst thing I've seen in 30 years. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only circuit sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. We are here to bring you the Georgia Tech pregame. Preview, rather, whatever. Uh, yeah. The other, the other thing is that uh, a new episode of Ty Thoughts was released this afternoon, so you can check that out. You can still check out the Pit post game is also available if you want to endure that. Um, some fan feed, some good <laughs> fan feedback in there. Um, so, anyways, all of that great stuff. We do have some clarification on Dino holding the timeouts. We'll go over a little bit of that audio from a press conference earlier in the week. So we'll hit that up. We will do the preview, and then we will do the um, bet online picks for this week. And we'll pick a game. Oh we'll pick a game in the week. Do we know how we did? Do, you, do we know how you did last <laughs> week? Did we even check it? I don't think we did. I don't think I did. I know I did. Should have. We should keep track of it. We're going to do it. Yeah, probably. So I mean, we could always go back and you know we could figure it out. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to everybody who has already done so. Um, I got a little package. Shout out to David for 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 his review, his glowing review of us and this show. We really appreciate that. And I've got his stuff. I've got your stuff, David. I got your stuff. It hasn't hit a mailbox yet, but I've got your stuff. So, um, Syracuse will try out their new turf under a new roof on noon this Saturday. Another noon kickoff. Local TV will not be airing the game, which is insane to me that you cannot have fans there and local TV will not be airing the game. It is just ridiculous. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. that and is so stupid. it's not so like we have a stupid. full slate of uh, Saturday football, too. You know, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot more games. I think SEC's starting and stuff, but you know, we got a bunch of conferences that are playing, so there's no reason why. That is just idiotic. And I didn't even look. I don't know if someone gave a reason. I don't really care. And I hate to sound so, um, you know, jaded. Yeah. But I'm jaded. I, I am. 
so it's going to be on ACC Network Extra uh, if you want to watch that. But, you know, you got this big, huge, empty stadium. Uh, just, like, just like as an example, watch the Raiders game last night, and uh, you've got this big, beautiful new stadium there, and you've got all the casinos and bars are open in Vegas, but there's not a fan allowed in the new stadium. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It's like, okay, um, if it holds 50,000, why not have 15? Why not have 10,000? It makes no sense. You can touch all the dirty-ass machines in a casino, but you can't go to a brand-new football stadium and watch some football. Okay. Mm. Makes total sense. Again, everything comes down to the dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all as the great prophet Method Man once said. Um, all right. So, with that said, let's do this. Let's, let's get into some of this here. And um, first, obviously, we're going to, going to go over the reads. And the reads are as follows. Bet Online. We thank Bet Online for being the title sponsor to the show, Tie Thoughts and Armchair Media, um, coming on board and, and taking, on, taking on that. Um, more power to them. I would like some new reads, though. Last time I asked for new reads, I got them. But hey, look, you might not be able to get to a game this year, college or otherwise. You should be able to. Will you be able to? I don't know. I have high hopes. Fingers crossed. But if you can't get to a game, you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get involved on everything imaginable this season, from game spread and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online, and you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts will be hitting up Bet Online one more time this episode for the uh, Bet Online ACC picks of the week. So, as Joe Joe just forced into it and like a champion, he just takes it on the chin. Um, other things he takes on the chin: the lawnmower 3.0. You know, he uses it everywhere. It's okay. It's okay. It's washable. This thing's waterproof, all right? The Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on the boys down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower or in the dark or in the dark in the shower also. They just released the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is a perfect add-on for the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes as follows, tip tweezers, round-point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium-grit nail file for you, your lady, or maybe just you, whatever. You're into the nail file thing, more power to you, man. That shows you care, all right? Shows you care. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows too. Trim your nails any style. Go to the website now. You can check out the Crop Reserver. I've talked plenty, plenty of good things about the cologne. It's magical. Um, the guys at work won't be able to keep their hands off you. So go there. Check that out. The Crop Reserver is anti-chafing deodorant for below the belt. All right. Go to manscaped.com and our listeners will get 20% off and free shipping if you use the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's promo code armchair. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. 
What's the promo code, Joe? What's the promo code? No idea. It's armchair. Thank you. Manscaped. Thank you. Bet online. Okay. So it was a bad guess, I guess. All right, let's get some clarification, Joe, on the the usage or lack thereof of the timeout situation at the end of the pit game. Uh, it was a question mm-hmm. asked, asked by Brent X, and it was it was controversial. Um, we talked about it a little bit. We said it was a, it was a bad look, but let's hear coach's explanation for it. Uh, I was going to use timeouts after the third down stop. Okay, I had two choices: either use them after every single play, which a lot of people believe I should have, or to save timeouts for what we had to accomplish. What we had to accomplish was a touchdown, a two-point conversion, uh, an onside kick, and then a long field goal. And long field goals on that side of the field are not easy to come by. You really got to penetrate deep. Uh, I want to say we have to go inside 30, 40, 47. We've got to be somewhere. The ball's got to be somewhere on the 30-yard line on that side to really maybe 31, 32 to get a really good shot at a field goal where the, where the wind swirls and stuff down there. And a lot of people don't know that, but when you've been a coach at Pitt and you've watched enough Pittsburgh Steelers games, you know where all the action is and you know where you want that, that ball to be kicked at. So that was the situations, and with those three situations, I thought we needed some field goals with our offense to be able to, I mean field goals, some timeouts with our offense to be able to do that. So I was going to let the time eat on the first two plays, call timeout after the third down stop so they couldn't run the time on the punt team, get the punt, and then have two timeouts for the offense to do something that's very difficult to do. Well, since you put it like that, I mean, <laughs> uh, it does get, add some clarification. Right, Joe? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as we said, you know, at the very least, it was a bad look. We didn't know the intentions. It really just came off really bad. Um, I, It does give clarification, but I will say I've played enough Madden to know you don't ever waste your timeouts in that situation uh, at the end of the <sighs> game. To not, uh, use, yeah. to not use one of them is a sin. It is a sin. You have to at least try something at some point. If you're waiting for third down, you're waiting for third down. But once no, you realize third usually down, usually we don't have three in that situation anyway. Usually we already used one, right? Okay, anyway, true. but well, we I didn't. think it, it it definitely gives clarification because what happens there is usually uh, you know you watch it in the NFL and stuff like that, and you want to use the timeouts and then you get the off get the offense the ball, right? Well, in this situation, I can understand. Babers understands that. We need first off. We need to get a three and out. If they get a first down, game's over anyway. Even if we use the timeouts, right? right? So you look at it. The defense has to get a stop. And in the way that our offense and our defense has been playing, who do you, what side of the ball do you want to save the timeouts for? The offense, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so that was his thinking. His I get thinking it. was right. So again, because Devito's really, going to get sacked, the clock's going to run. We're going to lose ten yards, and then we're going to have to stop. <laughs> Once a, no, the sack and it's done. Yeah, you, know, you have a, you have a guy forty yards. I'm down kidding. Field, you I'm have kidding. The receiver. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like you, it's easy to to kind of oh god, you use the timeouts. But it was one of those things where if you're going to give one side the timeouts, it's going to be the offense, and we needed a, a stop. If they got a first down, it was over anyway. Well, so true, but you know your defense. So once they use got a break the first too. down, once they got the first down, he was kind of like, well, let's that's see what pretty happens. Much that right? Well, I understand. I get it. We weren't. I mean, if they got a first down, we weren't gonna. We weren't gonna be able to get two scores. I understand. I just. I. I it is definitely a whole lot clearer 
still don't necessarily totally agree with not using any timeouts. That's okay though. Whatever. He's the coach. I'm not coach. So, um, <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, it is what it is. Um, and I don't took no pleasure in, in chastising that whole sequence either. Like I know I understand it looks bad, right? Yeah. But- yeah. So anyway, um, just wanted to throw that out there since we did talk about it quite a bit in the post game of the pit of pit. So, um, some other news that has come out. You can go read the article from Syracuse.com. It is a it is a locked article, but you can you can hit it up if you go to um, Mike McAllister's Twitter account. He has it posted. The Chris Blake fiasco looks like we didn't get that waiver um, because of th- there's there's some things going on um, having to do with his departure from Florida. Looks like he got injured. He was the medical staff was in, incompetent yeah. at, to some level uh, of taking care of him, and there um, there is a there's you know there's a the, the article yeah. long right. He played yeah. through a oh, lot yeah. of injury, but he wasn't treated correctly medically through that. Yeah. Through well, that year. and heads up to Syracuse.com. I mean, I know that you want the subscriptions, but Chris Carlson, that was a great great yes. Story. It's after Chris. And yeah. um, it's kind of long, but interviewed it's got a lot of Chris's dad in there. Interviewed Chris's dad. Uh, so again, a lot of this stuff, I'm, I'm not going to call the guy a liar, but obviously, you know, there's lawyers involved. Right. Um, and I mean, if you go there, you listen, you read it. Obviously, I think after reading that, uh, it's not the last we're going to hear about that. No, this is going to sure. be a thing in the, in the, in there. And we'll, we'll talk more as it develops, I guess, but the, um, they might reapply. Yeah. Well, I guess right now the whole thing is, is again, when you read it, it's more, it's from the perspective of the parent and his dad makes it very clear that he does not want to speak for his son and that they're not going to go over his head if it's something that he doesn't want to do because I something tells me he just wants to get, he just wants to play football. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be going after the situation of, you know, trying to make a school look bad or this, this, that, or the other. But I think a lot of it is, is, is from the parents and, and morally looking at it like, hey, like this happened to our kid and our kid might be, you know, a kid that doesn't want to use it and doesn't want to like go after a school or this, this or that. But uh, it looks bad overall. But, and the NCAA shouldn't be covering some stuff like no. this up. If if this is true and the team in Florida, is, is that's that's what happened well, medically. I mean, that's not a very good look at all. Some some people can get probably lose their jobs and realistically, um like I said, I want to wait for more information to come out and wait to see what happens. And I don't want to, you know, just jump on it like it's all true. But I also don't want to call the father a liar. So um, it all is really going to depend on what Chris wants to do. But again, um, the NCAA can't cover up for for malpractice. If you're if you're trying to protect the kids, then this is stuff that needs to be called out. Yeah, um, you know, you got to wonder though how many kids aren't well. I, this is complete speculation, like Joe said, wait for all that. And I'm not talking about any school in particular, but the way that some of the kids might be treated medically sometimes playing through some things, maybe to an extent yeah. is a, is a, is a, is an issue in college football. Well, in, and in college again, sports. Then there's also a situation where I don't know if you're a school, why you would want to have a certain investigation. I mean, every time you push a kid to possibly do something, that he doesn't want to do, in which this comes down to, you know, how obligatory was Chris when it came down to it, right? Was it one of those things where he was just playing it off too, like, oh, I just want to play, I don't want to lose my starting spot. Well, right. I mean, how much how much did he push towards that stuff? So there's a lot that's involved, but 
you know, in one instance, you might look at it and say, hey, like, why would a school mess with a kid's transfer, especially if they really didn't take care of him? Right. They did have something to worry about. Why wouldn't you just let him go on his way so that, you know, something doesn't happen to you? So that's either there's either some, you know, some facts that aren't all there in the story. Or there's just a huge, huge ego in the fact that Florida just feels safe with the NCAA and it's possible. that nothing's going to happen. Yeah, it's possible. Or that the we, kid's not going to go and snitch, right? Right. Well, we'll see as that unfolds and, and we know more. Obviously, you can you can check it out yourself, but we'll be talking about it as that progresses. So uh, on to Georgia Tech, Joe. Syracuse, I, you know, I like to look up a little history on these on the series between – Syracuse and whatever team they're playing, whether it be football or basketball, because I always find it interesting. There's some, there's always some good nuggets in there, but yeah. uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. Syracuse is zero three all time against Georgia Tech. They've only played three times in school history, uh, which I thought, man, was just crazy as I looked it up. Syracuse, um, they've played the Yellow Jackets less than any other ACC team. And um, I, what I can tell you though is that last year Georgia Tech was three and nine. Overall, two and six in the ACC. Uh, so far, the defense this year has racked up five turnovers and five sacks in two games. They did pull off a win at Florida State, sixteen to thirteen, but they lost uh, big time uh, at home against UCF, forty-nine to twenty-one. And so, when you look at the stats for this year so far, it, you know Jeff Sims, he's quarterback. Um, 521 yards so far this season. Also, he's leading in rushing with 146. Their their main quarterback, uh, Jamius Griffin, uh, is averaging 5.1 yards a carry on 17 attempts. Um, so they've tra- they've tra- they've kind of tr- transitioning their their triple option into something a little bit more formidable for college football, not so predictable. It seems that they're kind of. They're still working on it, to say the least. But it, it's really hard to dig up anything right now with them just in general. It's almost as bad as as uh, UNC at the beginning of the year when, when no one had even played yet. But, I mean, they can score, and their defense isn't terrible. I mean, it was terrible last week, but... Um, they do yeah. have some... They do have... You know, they got some turnovers. They, they've, they've turned... They've, they've, they're, I think they're in the plus common turnover end, so... Uh, maybe plus one. I know that Jeff Sims has thrown four picks, so yeah, that's two one, each game. Yeah, that's one advantage to Syracuse right there. I think the, the secondary could very well um, disrupt his passing. Yeah, so, but well, he's a versatile guy too. So I mean, he can run. He can, yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely versatile. I went down. I went back and I actually watched the condensed game last night against Florida State. Uh, they were down. 10 nothing. Uh, there's a lot of sloppy play, really, but they got some fast guys out there. And Sims, he's a freshman. You know, he's a freshman quarterback out there trying to figure it out, and he can run, right? So um, he's definitely going to be an issue. Uh, one thing to look at, I know that they had um, six players out, and three of them were starters, uh, projected starters, and a couple started in the Florida State game. So they had some injuries with the Central Florida, but Central Florida's a, a pretty solid squad. Um Georgia Tech, they're, it's going to be tough because I know the Central Florida that made their defense look bad, but Florida State, uh, they didn't really have the easiest time moving the ball against them. So, again, um, I'm not going to sit here and even try to speculate what we're going to see on offense because we know what we've seen the last two weeks. And although this defense isn't 
as good as the last two defenses that we've played. Uh, until I see it, then I, I really can't talk to that side with confidence. Um, yeah, well, like, let's just stop there for a second and go back to Coach's press conference earlier in the week. And, and what he said, basically, if you didn't listen to it, was that the the offense looks like a huge problem to us, but it's a, it's a bunch of little things, and it's having to do with the quarterback, the receivers, and the line. It's it's a, th- a third of everybody's well, and issue. And we talked about that, too. Yeah, we did, During, we did uh, a little on, bit. On Sunday, when yeah. we said, you know, it's probably a bunch of everything. Right. It's probably the play calling, and in fact, the offensive coordinator still probably isn't that's, comfortable with his personnel. What was, that's what I was just going to say. I was going to say, you can add, he probably didn't want to call out his coach, but you can add right. in you can add in um, the play calling and, and, right. the, and the coaching on the offensive end, and yeah. you can and you can split it up that way, add a little bit of extra into there, and basically what you got is a bunch of little things to fix. Yeah, we so, said that our, off, our receivers can't get open or there's like miscommunications, miscommunications on the offensive line, not having the two starting running backs that we thought we were going to have. I mean, you scramble all that together on top of the fact of no spring practice and this whole coronavirus thing. You're and, rebuilding. I mean, <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah. You lost your best receiver. I mean, so. Yeah. And minus really, really, like really, really good teams and offenses, you're seeing it. So the, I mean, so the, I would I would be willing to guess that Pittsburgh and North Carolina, if we had them at the end of the year, they'd probably put up more points than what they did. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. But and you know, we're watching the growing pains right now. Unfortunately, it's um like I like I said in the last episode, I always I always believed that Syracuse was going to be behind the eight ball on this, and it seems that way. Um, not trying to toot my own horn or anything, <laughs> but. Uh, go on, Joe. Go on. So, so with the offense, this is this is my philosophy on the offense going forward here. Okay, as long as I see some kind of improvement, which I think I believe I did last week mm-hmm. against Pitt, as long as I'm seeing something, a little bit more run game, a better run game, um, less sacks. We're not there yet. A little bit better offensive line play. You know, the little things start to get better. That's all. I'm. I'm. That's where my expectations are. I just want to see well, improvement yeah. every week. My, my, my. I mean, the way that. That Dino said in his presser is that you know we we just we have a whole bunch of things like things that we need to fix and hopefully we fix one thing so then we can turn around and we can just fix the next thing and instead of trying to fix all everything at once so you got to figure out what's the easiest thing to fix so that we can just get that out of the way and now on to the next one and um, cautiously optimistic on that end too by the way well let's see what let's see what changes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Back to Georgia Tech. I'm sorry. Right. So again, that's that's our offense type situation. Um, as far as their offense against our defense, again, like I said, uh, when I went back and watched it, they got the um, the whole you know read option thing. You're going to see the the quarterback who can run, who gets it in the shotgun, and he either hands it off or he doesn't, and then he keeps it, and sometimes he passes out of it. You know, there's the, the run pass option. Um, and the first game against Florida State when I watched. Um, the running back that you had mentioned earlier, and also uh, Jordan Mason. There were two guys that I noticed, two running backs that um, that were pretty solid. They were pretty solid, and uh, they had receivers. No one really had an outstanding game. They kind of everybody did their part. Um, but like, the one thing I did see with Sims as the quarterback um, is that he does try to sometimes make too much out of a, a play. You know, he kind of extends the play. Young, young, uh, yeah. Most of his quarterbacks, are the, the, I know, I think the two interceptions I saw in Florida State was he was out of the pocket, kind of, you know, moving around, moving the pocket, and um, just kind of scrambling. And he would was throwing it while he was moving, and 
trying to make the, the, the deeper pass instead of maybe just rushing for a couple yards or maybe doing the check down. So um, that's something that, that can that can be fixed. And I hope it's not fixed by this Saturday. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing that I saw. He has thrown two, two interceptions each game. So um, but also the one thing I saw as well, because uh, Jordan Mason, the one running back, one of the two running backs that I saw against Florida State that was pretty good. He couldn't play against Central Florida. And instead, uh, Jameer Gibbs, who is a freshman running back, bursted onto the scene, even though you know, they, only, they lost 40-something to 21 against uh, Central Florida. This Jameer Gibbs guy, he had uh, 126 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Um, but he also, I mean, you add uh, return yards, and that uh, all-purpose yards goes up to 219 all-purpose yards. And that was his collegiate debut, first game against Central Florida. So obviously this guy's a burner. He's a playmaker, um, and he just burst on the scene last week. So uh, we don't know the if the six players that in the three three out of those six who were starters if they are going to be ready for this week or not, um, including Jordan Mason, who's the running back. But I'd have to imagine that after the the show that Jameer Gibbs put on in a losing effort last week as a freshman that he's going to be out there. So yeah, they have looks, playmakers at running back. Yeah. Uh, I think he had a receiving touchdown as a running back. So I think he was a leading receiver as a running back against Central Florida. So if, if I'm if I'm Georgia Tech coming into the Dome to play Syracuse with no fans, which is dumb, what I would be doing is – what I would be doing is some of that, that – read option stuff and that triple option stuff. I'd bring be bringing some of that back. Dink and Duncan. Yeah. I'm not I'm not shoot I'm not giving Andre Cisco and uh you know Trill Williams a chance to to pick me off. I'm not I'm not doing it. So I yeah, mean, if, I mean if, you if, say that, but this guy he seems to be kind of a when he when the play gets extended and he's rolling out, he seems to he try just to makes find bad the decisions. Deep guy. Yeah. Okay, well so I mean, I mean I'm maybe all for it's just that. accuracy on the move either way, but again, Georgia Tech they're just closer to seeing who their playmakers are, and they have playmakers. So and this is gonna be the first kind of I mean, I think that North Carolina did it a little bit, but as far as the quarterbacks that we've seen, this is definitely the fastest and most versatile one that we have uh that we're gonna see, but it's also the most inexperienced. So there is the It's dangerous the though sometimes too. Yeah, so it's the opportunity of yeah. of of some some mistakes, so it's going to be interesting. I I just hope that our defense. I mean, again, then these running backs are good. So are they? Are they? Are they at least pipe? Yeah, the running backs are decent. I mean, they they actually. Um, if you look at this, they have. I think the quarterback's they, actually the leading rusher the, for the yeah, team. Yeah, the, the quarter. Yeah, Jeff Sims is the lead rusher, but they still have. But I've seen three it, running backs that are legit. There's three that, that they. There's three other ones that they use. Jamari, uh, Jamius Griffin. Oh gosh, Gibbs and, and Jordan Mason. I don't know how yeah. to pronounce Gibbs' first name. Jamir. Jamir. Okay. Um, and Jordan Mason. Those are their three running backs. So yeah. they have they have a solid legit. core. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I mean, realistically, I didn't see the Jamir Gibbs guy against Florida State. But I didn't see him against Central Florida because I didn't watch the game. But looking at his stats, guy's pretty pretty good. All right, so well, let's let's we'll get into predictions. Anything else on Georgia Tech? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, there is one. Um, the one thing that I did pick up and notice because they did move the ball a little bit better uh, against, well, obviously against Florida State. But in two games, uh, they they have a freshman kicker. He's got uh, three field goal attempts and a PAT. 
uh, blocked. Wow. So there are some <laughs> issues as far as their uh, kicking team goes yeah. for that. So if our defense does stay true and we bend and don't break and allow them to just have to beat us with field goals. It's possible then, for these linebackers to be a nightmare for Jeff Sims. I mean, just in that's general. Not, well, and that's the one. That's why I'm kind of like licking my chops because in the past it's like, oh, crap. You get this team that's got a pretty good line and they got these athletes. And I don't know if we got the speed, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at the linebackers this year and they're like, oh, like that's not Keelan Whitner and Andrew Armstrong anymore. Like that's these I mean, these guys just fly around and we have five D backs on the on the field as well. So uh, it's a lot of it for our our success, obviously, is going to be taking advantage of any mistakes that they make, like all and any mistakes if they do. And obviously tackling in the open field because these running backs and these quarterbacks, Which, I mean, they're going to. They're gonna be, and they've been good, but I've I'm not had about, an issue yeah. with Syracuse's tackling yet this year. It's no, been pretty decent. but between you know the I'm talking like the second level. Yeah, I know. Which once they get through the second level, and it's not a linebacker that's blitzing, it's a linebacker that might be standing on his two feet, or you know, the balls of his feet waiting to see what's going on, or like the defensive backs. Like those are the guys that are going to have to make those those open field tackles against those guys. And again, we haven't had problems, but um, this team kind of has a different problem that they pose. It's the way that they play. But I do have confidence that our defense is going to be able to keep us in the game. Okay. Well, cautiously optimistic. That's the uh, the motto for the season. And up next, we are going to get in to the bet online picks of the week. We'll pick a, a game of the week for you to keep your eye on. And we will also do the predictions. ACC versus ACC only. This is presented to you by BetOnline, the premier sponsor for the Cuse Militia. Now, obviously, I already mentioned this before. You might not be able to get to a game, but you can always go to BetOnline. They've got the virtual stuff. They've got all every NCAA game going on. Is the NBA still playing playoffs? Yes, they are. Why? Why is that still going? How long does this last? Three months? This is insane. I wish the NCAA tournament lasted that long. I really do. I really do. But anyway, I digress. I digress. So, BetOnline, they're going the extra mile to make sure you can get involved on all the action imaginable this season. From game spread and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And you can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Now head, head over to BetOnline today. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports books, sports book experts. Easy for me to say. Okay, so Joe. Hey, by the way, I went three and three last week. <sighs> I'm gonna need you to do better. Okay, people hey, are people look, are 50, people 50, are. 50, hey, look, what? That's that's breaking even. It's no, breaking even. It's, it's breaking even. But we want to. We want. We don't want to be. We don't want to be. You know irresponsible here with this okay so let's we're gonna have to come up with a disclaimer obviously we don't want you solely i did i told everybody last week okay you did this doesn't mean to bet it that's true that's true but if you happen to but if you happen to go to bet online and use joe's knowledge um Eh. we're gonna start with our game as we always do let's start with the syracuse georgia tech game or the georgia tech at syracuse game uh given syracuse seven and a half points right now according to betonline.ag joe um it's tightening up 
it's tightened up since last week. We did we did beat the spread last week. Lost the game, unfortunately, but we did beat the spread, so we got that going for us. You did pick that one as well as I. This one is a little tougher for me. I almost wish I I don't know, but I'm gonna let you go first as always because you are the betting expert. You really are. I'm not the betting expert, you, but you're the betting expert of this show. Oh well, if I'm gonna be compared to you, then, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I'm going to take Syracuse, and reason being is that I'm going to go kind of – okay, I lost last week when I picked Georgia Tech with the points because I didn't think that – A, I didn't think – I had thought that Florida State was pretty good, and I'm like, okay, well, Florida State's supposed to be pretty decent this year. And UCF, Georgia Tech, awesome. Georgia Tech beat really them. Good. And UCF, yeah, but I, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, they haven't played a game yet. Georgia Tech has. And then I kind of came back and bit me. And what I'm looking at is that maybe that those type of tier teams might not be as good as the tier teams that we've actually played against the first two games. So, I mean, obviously the first two games ranked teams and um, good defenses and experienced quarterbacks. Uh, So I'm going to kind of just go on the the whim of like that. Florida State and maybe some of these other teams just aren't as good as maybe we thought and that Georgia Tech is a step down from the competition that we've been playing and that, you know, maybe we see something a little bit different because I don't think that they have the same defense as the first two defenses. So I think it's the easiest defense. Well, you know, it's not a a, they're not, you know, a slouch, but they're not as good as the first two defenses that we played. So with that and the confidence that we can score a little bit more points. Let's put it this way. If we keep making the same progression that we have and we go up four points and we score 14 points, then I, I can see you know, our defense stopping them, their kicker missing a couple kicks, and then we cover. Just let them unravel, right? Just, yeah. just start to pull the, pull the string on the sweater and let them unravel. Um, well, look, I mean, I'm only going to comment on a couple of these maybe. This is going to be one of them, obviously. I'll take I'll take Syracuse in this. Look, it's home. I don't feel like we get the, the Syracuse football gets the full advantage of being home. It's a new place. Um, there's not going to be any fans there. I don't know if they're piping fan noise in or not. But how um, many they have been? How many fans do cardboard cutouts count as? None, zero. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah. Um, what's funny about and I, and, and, and I, I, I get sidetracked easy, but what's funny about the crowd noise is, is if you pay attention to it, they screw up when to cheer really loud and when to be quieter. So in other words, you see them cheering for the away team sometimes, which is weird. You ever notice that? You're not paying, I try not, not to pay attention. pay attention. Well, I'm going to just be honest and I'm just this guy. The, the piped in crowd noise is, is awful. I think it, it's annoying. I know it's fake. It's just like canned laughter on sitcoms back Someone in the probably day. tells like, me that the players know it's faked. You think so? <laughs> think so, Joe? Okay, so yeah. I'm taking Syracuse here. Here's the big question, Joe. Syracuse at home, uh, opening up the dome under the new roof on the new turf. 0-2. Prime opportunity. They're not even they're, – they're disrespecting – they're disrespecting the orange – the networks, they're not even playing this thing on TV, local television. I mean, it makes you want to puke a little bit. 
what, what do you think, man? They come in with a chip on their shoulder, they pull out the W or what? God willing. Oh, yeah, God willing. Anything can happen, Joe. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Syracuse, Georgia Tech. Is it going to be a we W, were, bro? I thought we were doing spreads here. We're, we, we always do both with this, and you know that. Don't play stupid. Don't try to kill the clock. So, right. Look, do not bet the money line on Syracuse in this. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I just there hasn't been enough evidence. Unless we get a special teams or defensive touchdown, I don't think we can win this game because there hasn't been enough evidence. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think that Georgia Tech's going to get enough to where I can. I mean, I think they're going to get even, even if our defense plays lights out, they're going to get to 17 to 24 points. Yeah, you got to be. You got the offense has got to be scoring points. We can't do this. One touchdown on a random throw by the backup quarterbacks. No, unless this defense just starts scoring and they say, "Hey, let's let's take it under our own hands," which you is know, possible. I thought that last week, if we really wanted to push that issue on that like backwards pass, whatever, we, if Mikel Jones uh-huh. really wanted to, we could have scored on that. True. Now we did pick, at least I did. I picked every home game as a win in the beginning of the year, and. <laughs> Uh, I'm yeah. just looking at it now. NC State, second to last game of the season. Boston College. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but by that time, we don't know what we're going to have. Again, I, I, I do understand that, like, even last year, we got better, right? You just got to figure it yeah. out. Yep. Okay. Uh, Louisville at Pittsburgh, another ACC game. Given Louisville two and a half points, this is not my game of the week. Um, is it yours, Joe? It's the closest spread. Um, let's put it that way. But it's not. I got my eye on another game. But this is a good matchup. No, it can't be. It can't be based based on a rivalry. It can't be. But they're two ranked teams. True. It's going to be a good one. It's, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. What do you? Who do you got? You, you take. Uh, that's. I'm taking Louisville. Taking Louisville. Okay. I'm taking Louisville on that. I. I think Louisville is going to be kind of pissed off <laughs> at their performance against Miami. That was one of the ones I got right last week with Miami taking the W because they I chose them because they played a game in Louisville. They fought hard all the way to the end, uh, scored 34 points on them, but they also gave up 47. So they're going to have to shore up some of their defense and everything like that. But I just don't see um, Pittsburgh's offense being the same as Miami's. I don't know if, if you guys haven't seen Miami, and we'll talk about it later. <sighs> Derek King, that quarterback is something else. Um, and they got some tight. I mean, they're they're loaded, so they're they're a lot better than what I thought they were going to be. Um, so I think that Louisville is going to take that and they're going to go run with it. And I I think they're going to beat Pitt pretty easily. All right, Duke at Virginia, giving Duke five and a half points. I have not gotten a glimpse of Virginia yet. I did watch Duke randomly. Uh, well, I watched the the uh, Notre Dame game, which they held. With Virginia hasn't bit. played yet. Okay, well, that explains why I haven't seen him play yet, because I haven't. Most. Uh, so, yep. So, um, in fact, I totally had forgotten about him, which is... Virginia and Virginia Tech were supposed to so, play last so week. I'm gonna, so, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Duke on that. I mean, Virginia hasn't seen action, live action. Duke's playing their third game. I mean, that's a huge advantage, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, Men- Bronco Mendenhall's got that team playing pretty well, but he had a senior quarterback last year, so they're going to be going through a quarterback change again. Virginia, Virginia Tech were supposed to play, I believe, last week, but it got canceled because of coronavirus. Um, 
So again, yeah, I mean, I picked Duke last week and Boston college hadn't played a game and they came out and they beat up Duke pretty well. Um, I don't think that Virginia is Boston college. Like I think that their quarterback kind of ran the show for them last year. So um, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to take Duke here um, with obviously two games and being able to be that much closer to figuring who's who and who's supposed to be there in the roles um, versus a team who's changing a quarterback and hadn't played a game yet. Yeah, I'll take Duke. Okay, fair enough. All right, Um, let's see. All right, well, Florida State at Miami. Here we go. Florida State getting 11 and a half points. Good rivalry game. I don't know. Is this the game of the week for you, Joe? It's not mine. (sighs) See, I got my eyes on another one. So I'm going to throw it out there as the game of the week only because of the rivalry and just weird okay. things happen when Florida state and Miami play. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's tough in-state rivalry. Um, Florida state also had a, a bye week. Uh, God, it's dude. I can't do it because really? I I watched. I mean, uh, I think Miami's got that. I, I, I look at this that. and I'm like, Miami's got that. I do. And the reason why it's so close is because of the rivalry. And I'm sure that Florida state's going to be game and everything, but seeing what I saw as far as the Georgia, I mean, Florida state had a 10, nothing lead on Georgia tech and they let a freshman quarterback come back and beat them. Um, and it could have been worse if the field goal kicker hit some stuff, but uh, versus Miami who, has really done nothing but impress. They've gotten better every single week. Yeah, they're just they're just that team, man. I just don't see that being. It might be close early, but uh, I don't I, I don't see it. Uh, I would take Miami, and that's a lot of points for this rivalry. Yeah, but. it is. That's why I didn't pick it as my game of the week. And you know, look, I'm no good at picking games of the week. I mean, but I'm going to try it this week, and it's NC State at Virginia Tech. Given NC State six and a half points, Virginia Tech ranked 24th. NC State not on the AP uh, top 25, but um, a team that's impressive, I think, to say the least. I watched, I watched a, 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 a lot of that game last weekend, flipping back and forth from that in the race. And I mean, they're just a team that's on the upswing. And I haven't seen anything from Virginia Tech yet this year. Is, is, did they have they played? No, nope. no, they haven't. They haven't. So that's huge advantage to NC State. Going in, the rake in Virginia Tech, it's 24th, three weeks into the season. They haven't even played yet. That's, that's, that's a fallacy. I'm taking NC State. That's my game of the week, though. It'd be interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I do think that Virginia Tech does have a better defense. I don't think that NC State's going to be able to put up those points that um, – they did against Wake Forest, but I will agree that I do think that NC State will cover that. Okay, that's gonna be a good game to watch. Both of those games, Miami, Florida State, and this. Yeah. I think I think I think Florida State might get their asses kicked badly. They could. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But the one yeah. more topic. Notre, go ahead. Notre Dame Wake Forest matchup got canceled. Yeah, true that we did talk about that before we went on air. Yeah. yeah. Rona, the Rona. What about what about BC? Boston College. Did I skip over Boston College? Help me out here. Dead air. Dead air. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about them. 
I think Boston College is playing out of conference this week. I'm looking. I'm no, looking. they are playing out of conference. They're playing against Texas State. Yeah, I'm not. We don't. We we only do ACC. Um. Oh, so, so okay. So ACC versus ACC. Yeah, I don't I do the out of conference stuff. We were going to do all ACC except for if Notre Dame was playing a non conference game. Oh, but now oh I'm that, sorry. Now that applies to no, everybody. No, no non conference. That's boring. Unless you're, unless you're, uh, unless you're, you're right because we did do the Georgia Tech UCF game last week. Yep. How, how bad does that suck for Georgia Tech having to play their out of conference game and having having to be UCF and getting your asses handed to you? That sucks. No. That sucks. Hey. It does. Well, it could be. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna laugh. I'm not because gonna if, laugh our off, if our office either. doesn't get it together, I'm not. I'm gonna be sweating bullets come that Liberty uh, game. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. All the trash the Syracuse fans been talking about Liberty. Boy, look, they gave us a run last year to some extent. Like, remember that was our first game of the season last year. Hugh Freeze with the thumbs up, backlit <laughs> from the damn. <laughs> the damn press box or whatever the hell he was in it was absolutely yeah. ridiculous, and they held their own for a little bit. So we'll see what happens. But um, no, no. no uh, Liberty won their first game against Western Kentucky, thirty to twenty-four. Yeah. So you know what? Um, well, we'll deal with them one at a time. Let's get this <sighs> Georgia Tech game over. Opening up the dome this weekend at noon, ACC Network Extra. Um, I want to thank BetOnline.ag, Manscaped.com. I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you for the support. We really appreciate you guys. You have yes. no idea like how Absolutely. it's been going off. And while Syracuse is struggling, for all of you to be hitting us up on DM or on email and on Twitter and Facebook and everything, it just is awesome. I enjoy it so much. I may not get back to you right away, um, but I do really appreciate it. And hey, man, um, we're gonna all get through this together. Yes, that's right. You want to come here for your therapy at least, you know. So uh, we will be back here as planned, hopefully on Sunday. Uh, thanks to James on guitar. Appreciate all of you. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. 
Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 